you're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. I'll give you the background of the first reading from Nehemiah. Without it, it really makes no sense. So if ever you're reading the readings and preparing for Sunday and you're like, what is this? Why, why are we reading this? Go read like the chapter before and the chapter after, and it'll give you a lot of background. So the Jews, or Judah, the southern kingdom, had been exiled to Babylon hundreds of years, about 500 years before Jesus' birth. So the king of Babylon took them over and shipped them out, okay? And they left Jerusalem. They were no longer doing the sacrifice in the temple. They were no longer walking in the streets. It'd be like if everyone took, if someone swooped in, took us all out of Ashley and left. Streets would start breaking down. Our buildings would fall down. Our altar servers wouldn't know how to altar serve anymore when we came back. In 70 years, they came back and, and they had to rebuild. So they had to learn how to worship again. They had to rebuild the walls. They had to rebuild the buildings and they had to rebuild the faith. And so that's what Nehemiah is in charge of that. And Ezra is his scribe, basically his preacher. And so that's the context. Them rebuilding not just the city physically, but the faith in the people. So some of these generations, some of these people had never heard the word of God proclaimed in this way. And so he gets them all into a common area and he stands on a platform and he reads the law. And this is what we hear. Ezra read plainly from the book of the law of God, interpreting it so that all could understand what was read. Then Nehemiah said to all the people, today is holy to the Lord your God. Do not be sad and do not weep. For all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. I'll stop there because that's what stuck out to me. And all the people were weeping when they heard the the words of the law. What would cause somebody to cry when they heard, I've read the gospel today, did you cry? No. I decided I don't think so. What would cause them to cry? They're hearing the word of God, maybe for the first time, and they're crying. There's a couple of things I think could cause someone to cry. Maybe all three of these were at play whenever this, the word of God was being proclaimed, the, the law was being proclaimed. Number one, in the face of God's law, in the face of his commandments, we can cry out of shame. Weep out of shame that I hadn't been following the law. Maybe these people are like, why? Why are we just hearing this? Why have we heard this for years? I haven't been fulfilling this. And they might have been shameful and cried out of, out of that, that emotion. Maybe they were upset at their elders that didn't teach them the truth. A lot of times people have, after I have conversation with them or you know, counsel them or just talk to them, maybe in the confessional I'll say something, talk about the theology of the church. Sometimes people say, you know, I never heard that. How come I never heard that? I hadn't been living that because I would have lived it. If I would have heard it, they didn't hear it. So maybe they cried out of shame, like hadn't been fulfilling the law. Two, they could be crying out of fear of how difficult it is. 
So not just that they didn't fulfill it, but that they're scared that they're not going to be able to fulfill it. It's going to be hard. It took all morning, it said. It was like all day or something. Who was standing there, and they weren't sitting in pews. They didn't have pews back then. They were in a courtyard. And they were standing. And over, and he just kept reading the law, reading the commandments, reading these things that they were obliged by the covenant to fulfill, and they hadn't. And I'm sure some of them were crying because how are we going to do this? We haven't practiced it. We haven't worked at it. It seems overwhelming. And sometimes even us as Catholics in the new covenant can be overwhelmed. I think about the very statement when Jesus tells the apostles about uh, the teaching on marriage. And what do the apostles say? Call that to mind. What do they say? They say, if this is the case, then it'd be better that we not get married. Translation, I'm scared I won't be able to do this. This is hard. Another place in John chapter 6, Jesus is telling them the bread of life discourse. So he's telling them what the Eucharist is, that it's, it's bread and wine, but it actually turns into his body, blood, soul, and divinity. I mean, that's straight in chapter 6 of John. And, and what do they say? His followers say, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? So maybe the the Jews, Nehemiah, the returned exiles, were crying, not just out of shame because they hadn't fulfilled the law, but out of shame or out of fear that they wouldn't be able to fulfill it because it's too hard. And just maybe there was a third reason why some of them were crying. We we can all be in some stage in different parts of our life of this, right? At this point in my life, I don't normally cry at sad things. At sad things. You know, I do multiple funerals, probably one a week on average. I've been in sad situations. Of course I cry when sad things happen. Like when that ref blew that call. (laughs) I was sad. I didn't cry though. (laughs) You know when I cry? At beautiful things. Beautiful music, beautiful ideas, beautiful images, moments. I cry at Christmas. I cried when we won the Super Bowl. It seems trivial, huh? But it meant a lot to us and our family and our community. But it wasn't a cry because I was sad. These moments aren't like you if you're a grandparent or a parent. The little ones around us right here. I bet you cried a little whenever you held them for the first time. Maybe you're crying because they were going to keep you up in the middle of the night. But <laughs> no, probably out of because of the beauty of the situation, right? The, the moment you held your child. Maybe... The Jews, some of them, this is what we should strive for. Maybe they were crying not out of shame that they weren't fulfilling the law or out of fear that they wouldn't be able to fulfill it. But maybe they were crying because the law was beautiful. The commands of God were gorgeous to their ears. Maybe they had lived in debauchery. 
in lies, in sin, and it didn't fulfill them. Maybe they were happy that God was giving them a plan. Even in difficult times, see, it's the same law to all three of those different people. It's the same difficult law. But to the one who's crying out of joy, they hand it over their life. And they like say, I can't fulfill it on my own. I haven't been able to. So you give me the grace. That is the grace of Christ. That is literally the whole New Testament is God saying, you can't do this. You tried and you kept failing. You kept going to worship the other gods. You kept cheating on me. You can't do it, but I will do it with you. And this is practical. This is real. Here's an example in our in our situation right now. Just recently in this past week, New York has passed a law allowing for the abortion of our children up until birth, mostly because and this is important. Mostly and because of situations where a child is diagnosed with an incurable disease or chromosomal disorder in which they most likely will not make it alive out of the womb or if they do only for a few moments or a few weeks. So we passed a law in New York and a Catholic has signed it as governor saying that we can kill those children. Here's the reality. Are those situations difficult? Yes. We should not trivialize them. Mothers and fathers and parents, grandparents, who are in these situations with these diagnoses, man, that's hard. But how do we look at the commands, not only of God and revelation, like in the scripture, but written in our hearts, the natural law, the natural law that every human being, whether you're a Christian, you're a Jew, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're an atheist, the natural law written on our hearts. What does it say in these situations? It says this, that no matter what pain we will endure. No matter what difficulty will be placed before us, we will not and ought not purposely and intentionally take the life of an innocent human being. That's the hard law. The world can do this and New York can do this. They can either cry out of shame that they have not fulfilled it. Or they can cry out of the difficulty that will be fulfilling it. Or they can look at it and say, God have mercy. How beautiful and hard, but beautiful this opportunity is to suffer, to love in a hard way, in a real way. How beautiful is the commands of God They take nothing from you. They call you to greatness. They fulfill you. They will fulfill New York if they just follow God's commands, not just in Revelation, but written in their hearts. See, his commands are there for your fulfillment, for our fulfillment. I'll end with this. 
And we know this, that these commands are there for our fulfillment because Nehemiah says this at the end. After giving the hard law and they're crying and weeping, he says, go, eat rich food and drink sweet drinks and allot portions to those who had nothing prepared. For today is holy to our Lord. Do not be saddened by this day. For rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. You who face the hard laws, the hard, difficult commands of God, do not despair. For they're there for your fulfillment, your joy, not for your will.